note the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k23 myself mamutsi alongside the one the only mr bj armstrong real name no gimmicks no gimmicks man what a night of nba action two games going down to the wire we'll start on the game that just finished over here the la lakers took the 117 112 win over the Golden State Warriors. They stole home court in that first game. Obviously, the Lakers a little bit more rested going into this one, seeing as they handled business against the Grizzlies quicker than the Warriors did against the Kings. And um, it was that which helped them sustain a late Warriors comeback as the Lakers played anti-Davis and LeBron James, I believe, the entire second half of the game. Um, Very interesting game. Two very different philosophies and styles of basketball um, two very different, you know, kind of stat lines when you really look at it. Um, the the Lakers went six from 25 from behind the arc, whereas the Warriors went 21 from 53 from three-point land. Conversely, the Lakers, 25 from 29 from the free throw line. The Warriors, only five of six from the charity stripe. Lakers won the battle of the boards, 63 to 54. Anthony Davis absolutely dominated with 30 points and 23 rebounds. LeBron added 22, D'Angelo had 19, Austin Reeves had 10, and Dennis Schroeder came up huge off the bench with 19 points of his own. Whereas for the Lakers, a relatively quiet night by Steph's standards, 27 points. He didn't really get cooking until late. Uh, Clay Thompson had 25, and Jordan Poole came back alive with 21. Uh, Looney had 10, Andrew Wiggins had 15, but Draymond only had six points and three missed layups. Um, which was interesting of note. BJ, what were your key takeaways from this feel-out game one? Well, the, the the thing that stood out to me most was the, the Lakers had a game plan, how they were going to attack the Golden State Warriors on the offensive end and the defensive end. Um, they made a huge commitment to protecting the rim. I thought Anthony Davis was fantastic tonight with protecting the rim. And their, their perimeter players were going to try, you know, many of the efforts weren't as successful as others. However, at least they had a plan. They were going to, they were going to trail on all of the screens at the three-point line to force them into what, you know, the terminology changes from generation to generation into a funnel defense. And you can see that Anthony Davis was there to protect the rim at all costs. I thought LeBron James did a good job of playing defense from behind, had a couple rundown block shots as well. But overall, defensively, they had a plan. Offensively, they established that Anthony Davis was going to be the most dominant interior player. And I thought he did a terrific job of that. He didn't settle for just perimeter shots. He really established himself. I thought they did a a great job of playing a physical brand of basketball. They were aggressive. And overall, you know, they played well enough to win this game. For Golden State, it was tough, right? Because that was a quick turnaround, such a high moment, game seven. You come back a couple of days later, and then you have to play another game versus a, a new team uh, who's had a couple of days, as you alluded to. So overall, great win for the Lakers. The series has started. If you're going to win a game in a, in a, in a series on the road, this is probably – the easiest game to target and win because, you know, there's a, it's a fill-out game. However, it's going to be fascinating to see what the Warriors do because of the size. The size of the Warriors, I mean, the size of the Lakers 
seems to be a problem. Now, in game one, you could see some things. You go, okay, what are they really going to do with Anthony Davis? What are they really going to do with LeBron James? You know, Rui Hachimura didn't really play, but you can see when he came in, there was a, there was a difference in size when he came in. And then, of course, I thought D'Lo, I thought D'Lo was terrific. You know what I mean? Like, Steph Curry is going to be Steph Curry, but D'Lo showed up. And that's what you're looking for in a series is for guys to show up. I thought, you know, Schroeder showed up and played and he made it competitive. You know, uh, Austin Reeves showed up. So they got great efforts, great contributions from a lot of different players. Give the Lakers credit. However, game two is going to be interesting because I want to see now what now that the Warriors are going to have a day to prepare and they've had a couple, you know, they've had a couple of days now to, to kind of shake off the game seven and get ready for this series because it was a quick turnaround for them to see what they're going to do. Because if they get down 0-2, now you got a problem. Mm-hmm. Now you have a real problem. So uh, great job by the Lakers, though. I thought they 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 were terrific. Laker Nation, I'm sure, will be fired up. But the series is far from over, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we all know winning game one on the road in Golden State doesn't lead to great things, as the Boston Celtics can tell you from last year's finals. One player that uh, you didn't mention there was Jared Vanderbilt, uh, the Vandalorian, who did a fantastic job guarding Stephen Curry. He managed to stay with him through a lot of his off-ball, you know, running through screens or whatnot. Didn't give him any space. His size, his strength really troubled Steph. Um, I think he did a fantastic job with that. We didn't see, um, on the other side, we didn't see any Jonathan Kaminga. We did see early minutes for Jermichael Green, who knocked down a couple of threes early on in the game because the Lakers playing this defense where they essentially have AD and LeBron guarding Looney and Green. They're going to sag all the way back down into the paint. What this means is there's going to be a lot of space on the perimeter for shooters to get open, shoot the basketball. And that's how Jordan Poole, I think he hit three threes really early on because anytime he's coming off a handoff, Anthony Davis has dropped so far back on the defensive side that he has all the space in the world, especially when D'Angelo Russell was going underneath screens. So that was an interesting you know, move defensively from Darmanham. How the Warriors adjust their offense to that moving forwards is going to be interesting if they go all in on the shooting. I mean, they put up over 50 threes tonight and... You live by the three, you die by the three. I think at halftime, the the Warriors were 13 of 30 from behind the arc, whereas the Lakers only made one. So it's an interesting difference in philosophies there. Um, Kavon Looney, another monster night on the boards, 23 rebounds, seven offensive rebounds, but it would have been a lot more had it not been for the monstrous efforts of Anthony Davis. Now, my question here is, Anthony Davis was sensational tonight. There's no denying that. He played 44 minutes, though. And he was really working on both ends of the court. Do you see him being able to maintain this throughout the course of a series? Or are the Lakers running the risk of burning out too early? Well, Mo, I I mean, listen, when you get to the playoffs, you got to do what you got to do. So the answer is simply if they want to advance, the answer has to be yes. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Because let let me assure you, Steph Curry and company are going to do what they have to do. And if you you've heard me say this more, probably more off air than on air, when you come into a playoff series, okay, a champion prepares for for seven games. Okay, you don't pay, prepare to say, well, I'm gonna just try to win four. No, you have to prepare to go seven because you have to respect the other team. So if Anthony Davis is going to win this series, be prepared to go seven because let me let me assure you the mentality of the guys in the other locker room. 
they're prepared as they showed you last last series last round to go what by to go whatever and do whatever is necessary to win a series so you know if he's not then they're going to lose because they're going to need those type of efforts every night i mean mo the warriors by all accounts didn't play well anthony davis was fantastic and they barely won the game mm -hmm. okay so the Warriors are going to play better. That means Anthony Davis is going to have to play better. You know, LeBron James can say, well, I, I wasn't. Okay, that's fair. So whatever is going to be necessary for him to do 48 minutes, he has to be in that level of condition at this part of the season if this if the Lakers are going to advance. Well, you say it was a close game. Uh, the Warriors actually had the chance to win the game. You know, they went on a 14 to nothing run down the yeah, stretch. That's what I'm Their legs looked fresher because yeah. they had managed to get some rest for their guys in the second half. Uh, Steph Curry was like trapped at the half court line, passed the ball up, and Jordan Poole took a very deep three with nine seconds remaining on the clock. What was your reaction to that when the shot went up? He obviously did not make the shot. Otherwise, it'd be a very different conversation. Well, let me make sure I understand what you're saying. I I thought it was a close game. I thought they had a chance. I mean, yeah, that's all you can that's, ask that's, for. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about Jordan yeah, they Poole's had shot a selection there at the end. Um, Nine seconds left on the clock. Shot clock is turned off. It's a deep well, he, three. He, it's a real, he, he, like, in level with the logo almost. And you've got time, I don't know, maybe to find another look. Maybe, I don't know if they had a timeout. I think they still had a timeout remaining. But he just decided to chuck it up. What, what was your with the, with the exception of Steph Curry, I think all of the shots that most of the players take today are bad shots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Clay I mean, Thompson okay. had a disastrous night. Clay as Thompson, well. we got to talk about that. Six yeah, of Clay 16. Thompson. Yeah, Clay Thompson. You know, look, Clay Thompson. All right, I give him a pass too. Nine of those two are the only the two field. players. Those two are the only two players. Well, it's probably more. I shouldn't say the only two. You know, Damian Lillard, those guys. Did I think it was a bad shot? Yeah. By the game that I know, you know, I always say there's a time and place for everything. I thought that was a little quick. I can mm -hmm. question the shot. However, those are the shots that the kids shoot. <laughs> and if he makes it by all accounts, he was open. Now I would have liked to maybe gotten a better shot. <laughs> okay. If that's Steph Curry, I live with that shot, and I don't even think twice about it. If it's Clay Thompson, okay. I just want to give myself a chance, right? And the best chance to make a shot like that is Steph Curry. But in saying that, that's how they play. That's how the Warriors play. The Warriors got back to playing the way they play. And, you know, Jordan Poole made some shots tonight. I mean, he made some tough shots. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't think those are always good shots. You know, I, I would like to think, you know, by playoff experiences, based on what I know, maybe you want to be a little bit more patient in that situation. But, hey, it's a new era. I got to roll with the punches. And by all accounts, he was open. By all accounts, it was probably a good shot for him. I just would have liked to at least give in my best player, Steph Curry, mm -hmm. possibly – an opportunity to shoot the last shot, but that wasn't the case. He was double teamed. He did pass the ball. Jordan Poole was open and he shot it. And if he makes it great play, he didn't. Now you live and move on. So I don't think that was the reason they lost the game for sure. 
but but it was a little it was a little quick by all accounts for me. But I'm I'm not upset about it. Well, speaking of best players being unable to take the last shot, the Miami Heat were without their best player as they headed to New York for Game Two of the series against the New York Knicks, and they lost that game one eleven to one hundred five. It was a very close game. You know, even Max Struess went away with an injury during this game as well. So he only managed to play 25 minutes. So shout out to the Miami Heat for really fighting until it went right down to the stretch. Jalen Brunson got off to a horrible start, but he ended up finishing with 30 points. Julius Randle returned to the lineup with 25. RJ Barrett had 24. And Josh Hart had 14 with some very timely corner threes down the stretch in the fourth. And as he always does, a clutch offensive rebound. He finished with 11 boards on the night. Over for the Heat. Caleb Martin had 22. Max Struess had 17 before he went out. Gabe Vincent had 21. Uh, they went deep into their bench as well. They played four guys. Duncan Robinson came in, did a little bit of his thing. But what were your takeaways from that one? You know, the, the Knicks are very fortunate. They are very, very fortunate because by all accounts, provided they would have got the same effort plus a Jimmy Butler, I think Miami wins this game. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I I have to give the Knicks credit. They won a game where they didn't play well. I don't know what's going on with New York right now. I don't know that. Now this is back to back games where they haven't played well. This is back to back games. Okay, and when you're in the playoffs mode, you make adjustments and you figure out things that you can do versus a team. And then okay, like the Warriors. They did some, they didn't play well, but there were some moments in there where you were like, okay, let's go. You know, if you were a Warriors fan. And then if you were a Lakers fan, you said, okay, the Lakers have, they figured out something during the course of the game. And then you try to emphasize what you can exploit with this team. And then you try to, you know, you know, shy away or go away from the team that, you know, you go away from the pressure that the other team is applying. Now it's been, 48 minutes, right? So that's 96 minutes, right? And and the 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 Knicks haven't put together <laughs> mm-hmm. for the most part, they haven't put together like a stretch of time. You say, if we could just extend this first quarter the way we played in the first quarter to a half, and then you take a half to maybe two and a half quarters, and then you try to put it all together in a 48-minute package. Right now, Mo, the, I don't know what the Knicks are trying to do. Like, it was like, I couldn't tell you what they're trying to do. It's like, okay, cool. The Miami Heat went into a zone, and it was very predictable given the amount of players that they're missing that they're going to go to a zone. And the Knicks just looked completely unprepared. Like, yeah, yeah, respect they, Tom Thibodeau. He's just... a great coach. But how is your team looking so unprepared against a team that's missing Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, Tyler Harrow, and then Max Struess? How? And, and, and that's what it's that's what I'm saying. Mo, and, and, and Mo, you have you have your full roster. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Mo, like I, I'm just like concerned now because I'm going, okay, these, these were the first two games at home. All right. If you're on the road, you go, okay, we just need some home cooking. We need to get back in our we need to just regroup. Mo, now theoretically, the games are going to be tougher on the road than they were at home. Mm-hmm. So I'm concerned with New York. Jimmy Butler now is going to come back with about four or five days rest in between games. I mean, from the last time he's played till the next game. And then Mo, we'll see what happens now. Maybe they play a, they play better on the road than they do at home. Hopefully that's the case for the New York fan base. However, Mo, I'm a little concerned 
Miami accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. They got a game there. And but it's it's there's no flow to what they're doing. Defensively, there's no rhythm. They're they've really shortened their bench. I mean, I think it was like two or three guys scored tonight. No one was on double figures on the bench. Obi Toppin now goes from a starter to only like 10 minutes in the course of a game. I don't think he scored this nope. evening. Zero for two. So so I just think right now, Mo, and normally coaches shorten their roster when they go on the road. So he's already shortened it at home. Jalen Brunson was, I think, questionable. I think you told me that. He was questionable yep. before the game. He, I know he got banged up a little bit tonight, sprained his ankle, I think, or something happened. So well, I'm just concerned. I'm concerned right now, but it doesn't mean that they can't win. It's just that, well, I was, I didn't expect them to play this way in the first two games of this series, especially at home. Well, it was a little bit tough for them because they only found out a couple hours before the game that Jimmy Butler wasn't playing. So maybe similar sentiment to what the Celtics had to deal with in their game one against the Sixers. But they've got game two in Boston tonight. It's still not known whether Embiid will play or not. He was uh, the recipient of the MVP award. Congratulations to him. Uh, fantastic yes. season. You know, um, very well deserved, uh, as many say. But they've got game two and Philly have got a one nothing lead. And the Celtics finally going to come alive. I mean, I'm once again worried by Joe Mazzula as the head coach. He had an interview today in which he said, he, I'm going to pull up the quote right now because I was just, I just shook my head when I read it. Uh, he says, we managed a game with our offense. We managed a game with our offense. He says, okay. this team is in this Defense is in this team's DNA. They're going to go out and defend, but we managed the game with our offense. I think the assumption that this team, just because they were great defensive last year, is way overblown because they clearly aren't playing defense. And if you're planning to win a championship by managing games with your offense, it's a recipe for disaster. I think something needs to be done about Al Horford being completely uh, picked on by opposing teams because this is the sixth game in a row where it's happened. Um, the Hawks were doing it, and then the Sixers did it in game one. Obviously, Al Horford getting up there in the age and the amount of work he had to put in in the Celtics' runs at the finals last year and then a shortened offseason has clearly taken its toll. Rob Williams is a far worse defender this year than he was last year. I think that surgery he had in the offseason has kind of limited his athletic ability a little bit. What did but, he have? What did he? What surgery did he, he have? Yeah. Did he not have his knee surgery that was lingering during the playoffs? Um, I, I, did, I, I didn't hear that, but yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Um, and then Marcus Smart definitely looks a little bit slower um, than he has in previous years. And that's what you get for fighting over every single screen and diving for every single loose ball. The wear and tear takes its toll. Yeah, Rob Williams had uh, surgery in September for a partially torn meniscus on his left knee. So when three of your three best defensive players are all far slower laterally um, on the defensive end than they were last year, you can't simply say, oh, defense is in their DNA. We're going to be fine. You've got to come up with something that's not going to allow you to get exposed like you have been against the Hawks and you have been now in this series against the Sixers. What adjustments do you see the Celtics making for this one tonight? Well, you know, well, the, the, the key, I, I'm convinced after watching games, especially in the playoffs, you have to find a way to be disruptive on the defensive end. And you have to have you have to have a number of ways, right? A variety of ways in which you're going to defend. So, you know, if you, you can't just have a steady diet of man to man, why? Because 
teams, these guys on the offensive end in particular, because the offense has an advantage, right? You and I talked about that, I think, a couple of days ago or about a week ago about how difficult it is to play defense today because the offense has an advantage. However, one of the ways you're going to have to counter that, which you're seeing here in the Miami series, you have to have three, four, five defensive schemes in which you can go to during the course of a game to break up the rhythm of the flow of the game. Okay, so what do I mean by that? I'm not criticizing the coaches or the coaching staff for for Milwaukee, but I'll just give you an example. James Harden got into a flow. That's mm-hmm. and he went into a flow early in the game. Okay, these guys are really, really good, especially offensively, because they have an advantage, right? Well, when a guy gets into a flow, you, you can be stubborn and say, "This is how we play," and we'll ride it out. However, Mo, when a when a guy gets going, right? When 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 you you can just tell James Harden had it going. Okay, mm-hmm. it was the, the 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 basket was bigger when he was shooting it. When the guy gets going like that, you got to do something to disrupt him and disrupt the flow of the game and disrupt his flow. So you got to go box and one. You got to go. Let's go to a zone. Let's go to a hard trap every time he gets it. Let's go to face guarding. Let's do something to disrupt the flow of the game. Because we have to force someone else now to beat us and get them out of the flow and the rhythm that they figured out during the course of a game. That's possible to happen, Mo, right? You know, yep. you can see like, all right, if James Harden's going, we're just going to double him. Like you saw what the Lakers did tonight at the end of the game. They said, anyone else is going to beat us except Steph Curry. ABC. They committed to that. Anyone but Curry. Okay. Anyone but Curry, right? Is that what you call it? ABC. That, that's what Stan Van Gundy called it. Okay, yeah. So you you got to do something. You can't stop these guys. You can't stop a great player. Mo, a great player is a great player for a reason. James Harden, which I don't think anyone expected him to have a game like that, but he had a flashback. Now, I don't know if it's that's who he is or he just had a moment. When a guy has that type of moment, Mo, you better have a number of ways to defend it, to disrupt it. All right, and that's what I think Joe isn't a thing. Joe Mazzula's got to do that because Joel, if he comes back, he's very capable of carrying the game too. Mm-hmm. This kid Tyrese Maxey is capable of carrying the game, so you have to be able to say, "Wow, if you really want to see, like." Just terrific coaching on the defensive end. Just watch the Miami Heat right now. Mm-hmm. Because the Miami Heat, what they're doing against Jalen Brunson is one of the more intriguing things to me because they're throwing everything at this kid. It's like every five possessions, there's a new defensive scheme. Can't find a rhythm. <laughs> yeah, Mo, he can't get into a rhythm because, all right, for the first five possessions, he's playing against a man-to-man. Okay, then they change who's guarding him. And then they trap them on the next five possessions. Then after those, then they go to a zone. Then they go to, Mo, you know what's crazy? I haven't seen too many professional teams play what's called a matchup zone that looks like a man-to-man. Just like, you explain, know you get, explain you for the fans with, what you're talking okay, about. Here. A matchup zone means you're just going to guard a certain area on the floor. Mm-hmm. But you're going to give the appearance that it's a man-to-man. So normally guys play zone and they hold their hands up in the air. They get in a defensive stance like they're playing man to man, 
mm-hmm. but it's really a matchup zone, and they just guard whoever yeah, we saw, in your area. We saw the Heat do some of that tonight. Yes, yes, yeah. And, and I was like, I was like, God, this guy, Coach Spo, Coach Spo is like, hey man, I get it. I just got to give these great players different looks to force them to never catch into a rhythm. And you saw how stagnant the offense was of the New York Knicks. Like, they didn't know what to do some of the time. It looked like they didn't know what to do, I should say. I shouldn't say they didn't know what to do. But it certainly gave the appearance that they were hesitant on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. That's a nicer way of putting it. Yeah. So, and, and then, Mo, you, 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 you just do things and you try to disrupt what's going on there. So I give them credit for that. I think the Boston Celtics are going to have to do that because – as good of a defensive team as they are, because they are a good defensive team, talking about your Celtics, mm-hmm. both some of these guys are capable. And I'm and I'm telling you, Doc Rivers had a free look at their defense. Bo, he had a free look at the defense because we didn't have a playbook on what they were going to do minus Joel Envy. Yeah. And I that's know. what I was afraid of for a team like that. They you know? did exactly what they did against the Hawks. They just dropped the bigs back, and then in the last few minutes of the game, they'll try and switch the bigs onto, onto the, the ball handler. And as good as Al Horford can guard James Harden or Trey Young, he's just not got this, the length or the foot speed to actually contest with them on the perimeter. Well, Mo, especially when they got it going. Mo, when yep. I don't care who you are. When you have it going and you're feeling good about your offense and you're playing out there with confidence... Bo, it's tar- It's tough to guard anybody. I don't care if you got length, defense, or whatever. James Harden had it going. Trey Young that night had it going. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, again, we'll see what they're going to do. I think they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to do something. Because, Mo, it, once you find out what you can do versus a team, and then you establish that there's nothing you can do to stop it, Mo, then that becomes a problem. Big now, problem. I think the Celtics have a counter to this at least on paper they do but what are they going to implement what's the principles of this defense here is Mm -hmm. it just this is who we are we're going to live with the results or are we going to say hey we're going to do what we have to do to disrupt this team and then move on and, and, and try to advance because right now mo i don't i don't i didn't like what i saw Coach Mazula is saying we need to shoot more threes. So I'm predicting another unserious performance from the Celtics and another win for the Sixers. We don't know if Embiid's going to play or not. He's just got the MVP trophy. They'll probably say he's not going to play and then he'll play at the last minute. I would, I, I will say this. He shouldn't play. And yeah, here's so, why. So he can get the rest. Any, so he can get the rest. And then if he can play, you give him a couple. You've already established, just like what they did with Jimmy Butler tonight. Jimmy Butler, I'm sure, could have played. Yeah, but, but you've already won one on the road, got the home court advantage, and now you get the extended rest period. Yes, and whatever's going on with JoJo is going on, and then he, and then you bring him back home. So, if you can win one there, which they've already done, and then go home with a healthy JoJo for game three and four, and win both of those games, you're up three one. Mm-hmm. You're up three one, and that that's pretty good. That's a that's pretty good. So, we'll see. How it is, but I, I, this is a must game, just like the Knicks. This was a must game for them, and now the Celtics back us against the wall. Traditionally, we know they don't panic, hmm. and uh, hopefully they'll figure it out and and they'll win game two. And everyone, everything is good for you, Mo. Once they once they win, but if they don't, I'll be calling this time. 
they they won't win so i'll be expecting a call or maybe i'll put my phone on do not disturb and you won't be able to reach me <laughs> who knows all i know is that you guys listening have got to subscribe to the podcast make sure you share with a friend all that good stuff we appreciate each and every one of you who locks in bj you know we've gone past 300 episodes and counting bro we, we recorded 300 like three days ago i didn't even realize it was a three usually i'm uh, like oh wow uh, it's uh, episode 100 episode 150 uh, we're just two in rhythm now yeah yeah we just just you just we're just listen like we're watching the games you don't sleep we've established that and you're just giving the people what they want i mean mo it's 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 your world and thank you for allowing us to be in it I no, mean, thank, thank you world. for being here it's not my world bro um man i need to get a flight to la or something because these late night early morning things or whatever you want to call it they, they slowly killing me so you might see me <laughs> on your doorstep very soon i don't know but i gotta figure something out because i don't know how much longer this is gonna like when i was young it was easy to stay awake all night and then have a productive day like i used to stay awake all night and then go hoop the whole day the next day now I'll stay awake all night and I walk around like a zombie because it's starting to take its toll. But um, as a thank you for you guys who get the show every day, you can feel free to leave a five-star review on the Apple podcast app because that helps bump us up in the charts and it helps the show grow. So that would be greatly appreciated. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more breaking down the Celtics and the Sixers. So until then, get buckets.